Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Kool-Aids. Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Remy Dixon. Today, we're going to be talking about the game against Cadiz, some talking points, and then where do we go from here? But before we get into that, here's a few words from our sponsor, NordVPN. Are you tired of hackers and cyber criminals snooping around your online activities? Do you want to safely access your favorite shows and content from anywhere in the world? Then you need NordVPN, the best VPN on the market. And the good news is that there's an exclusive birthday deal just for you. Buy NordVPN now and win extra subscription time. With NordVPN, you can protect your online activity and keep your private information away from prying eyes. And if you're traveling abroad, don't worry. Connect to a NordVPN server in your home country and safely enjoy content as if you never left. So what are you waiting for? Visit nordvpn.com Barca now to get this special birthday deal. Shield your data from snoops and criminals with NordVPN's state-of-the-art encryption. Safely listen to podcasts, stream shows, or simply browse in complete privacy. Again, visit nordvpn.com Barca. The link is in the show notes. Get NordVPN now and enjoy a safe and private online experience. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. FC Barcelona played Cadiz on Sunday. It was a night game over there. We won 2-0. But for many parts of that game, it didn't feel like we were going to pull this out. I know I'm not the only one that has that opinion. It was It was tough. You know, starting off with the lineup, Xavi went with Frankie de Jong 
in the defense along with Christian Seaton. There's the two center backs. Kunde was a right back, Balde the left back. He had Oriol Romeu in the middle, Gundogan in the middle, Gavi playing as a winger, Pedri in the middle, Lewandowski up top, of course, and the surprise starter, uh, Lamine Yamal, the 16-year-old. That was interesting to see that Xavi went with him so early as a starter. We'll get to that in the talking points, but a very interesting lineup, one that floods the midfield with as many midfielders that you can almost possibly have. At this point, it feels like our team is almost exclusively midfielders. Again, we'll get to that in talking points. But, you know, what this looks like in practice was Kunde, Christensen, and De Jong, or Romeu, if De Jong was making a run up, with Yamal, Gundogan, Pedri, Gavi in the middle um, at any given time. Yamal definitely stayed on the wing, and then uh, Lewandowski up front. Predictably, we had a lot of possession. We had, at the end of the game, 75% possession. We had 612 passes, so they're 196. 91% pass accuracy. But for the first parts of that game, it didn't even feel like we were really registering shots on target. I mean, the stats here say we had 24 shots, 10 were on target by the end of the game, but... I think a lot of those shots came towards the second half. First half was predictable. You know, Barca would get the ball, bring it up, pass it around all the midfielders, and then move it back. And then rinse, repeat. Um, Yamal looked very good. He had an opportunity early in that should have been a PK. Look, he is smaller, I get that, but at the same time, the defender used both arms and pushed out. That's a PK. Anywhere. You, you do that anywhere else on the pitch, and it's a PK. But I guess it was early in the game, the ref didn't want to call it. It is what it is, but Yamal looked good. He was dangerous, he was putting balls in, he was a bright spot in that first half. It felt like we had a lot of midfielders just doing what midfielders are going to do, getting the ball around, but nothing was really penetrating. I don't recall any significant chances created for Lewandowski in that first half. Second half comes in, and similar things happening. We don't make any changes coming out of the break. Eventually, we start bringing on players. Abde comes in. Ansu comes in, game changes around that point. Um, we start putting forward more balls. Ferran Torres comes in. The first goal comes from a Gundawan Pedri connection, which I would have to argue was only made possible at this point in the game because we had so many attackers and different options. Abde had taken a shot from outside. Um, Ansu had done some things, and I think he'd taken a couple of shots. So, now that you have this danger from other parts of the pitch, Cadiz is focused on so many different things now 
Now they're not paying attention to that midfield and the connection works. Pedri scores a great goal from a great pass from Gundogan and we're off. The second goal comes from a beautiful header from Lewandowski over to Fernand Torres. Lewandowski drops, does the thing that he's done in the past at other teams, uses his head, gets the ball over, and somebody happens to be making that run. It was direct. It wasn't just midfield pass, 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 pass. Here, we we scored off of basically a very direct play. Ferran Torres did a great job to finish it. I give him credit for that. I feel like a year ago or so, he's missing that. Um, so, game ends 2-0, but really, man, it, it just didn't feel like a 2-0 win. And it didn't feel like it was going to happen like that for a long time. So I'm just going to jump straight into the talking points here. I think the first big talking point is the lineup, right? Like, two things for me. One, if we're not going to use players when we need them, and in this specific instance, I'm talking about a Sergio Roberto, Araujo gets hurt. First of all, Araujo shouldn't have been playing right back. Um, we need to get that sorted. We shouldn't have had to force him to play right back. He gets hurt. I think his pain and what he's going through comes directly from the fact that he's been making those runs up like a winger. Doesn't make sense. We have players on the bench that should be able to fill this position and fill it relatively well. Even if as a manager you were going to say, hey, I don't trust Des fully. I don't trust Roberto fully. You'd have to set it up like with Araujo and Kunde and Christensen. You could do a three back system and still have a right back on there that's not one of those guys. And just makes it so that that right back is more of a winger than he is a defender. But if we're going to sit here and say, hey, we don't trust these players to play the position that they can play. So we're going to put another player who doesn't play that position there, but he does play it well. Then why have them? You know, I think that's the thing with like where I'm at with Roberto at this point. Why have him on the payroll? I know he only has a year left on his contract, but why have him on the payroll if he's not going to be able to fill in in these positions when we need? So you have a situation where you set up a lineup that has so many midfielders, and boy, like, it's very clear. I mean, the Cadiz manager said it before the game. He said, Barca's going to use a bunch of midfielders. I'm going to put in a bunch more midfielders so that it just clogs up the midfield. That's what happened. He clogged up the midfield. And, you know, I mean, De Jong would make his runs. Romeo would drop back. It, it, it worked in a certain way from a defensive standpoint. But sometimes we got caught. Sometimes if they, if Cadiz had been more clinical, they would have had at least two goals. It just really boggles the mind to think that we aren't able to use the players that we have to do the things that we need to do and we instead have to run with so many midfielders and play the most predictable game you know the second talking point for me is possession was never our problem you know we've never had an issue with holding the ball so I don't understand this idea that we just keep needing more midfielders and midfielders and midfielders. Like I said earlier in, our team is almost 
70% midfielders at this point, it feels like. Uh, especially when you look at the pitch, like the number of midfielders on the pitch when we're playing is so many. It's a different story when you're playing these teams that are looking to get a tie, when they're playing these teams that are looking to win by 1-0. Like, we're not giving ourselves an opportunity to go out there and win a game. It, it feels... It's funny because, like, I think of that more money, more problems. Like, for me, it's more midfielders, more problems at this point. Like, the more midfielders we have on the pitch, the more likely we are to just pass the ball around back and forth, back and forth. You're taking out a winger against Cadiz to hold the ball against a team that's not trying to hold the ball from you. They're not trying to do that. And if they'd scored any one of those two opportunities... It only makes sense that Xavi would then bring on more attackers, and like he did towards the end of the game. Why are we playing like that? Why is it necessary to start off a game with a strategy that everybody knows and is so predictable that we just suffer and suffer and suffer, and then we bring on the attackers that we need, and then different things start happening? I mean... That could be a strategy where we tire down their defense and then bring in the wingers. But I don't think that's the strategy here. I think Xavi would be perfectly happy if that was how we won the game without having to bring in wingers. I I just don't think that's what he's doing. That's the best we could hope, that he's just trying to tire out defenses. But what happens when those goals go in? How long does he wait? And why would we want to leave it so late for our midfielders or, I mean, our wingers to come on to try to make changes in the game. It just doesn't make sense. So, we have a lot of possession, but, you know, back in the day, I felt like we would have possession, but we'd have more shots on target. I mean, when Luis Enrique came in, one of the things that I thought he did best was he added a different dimension to the game. We had the possession, but we could also go route one. We could also get it to Suarez. We probably... I not looking at the stats, I'm not sure, but I'm almost positive that we had more shots on goal with the possession and the passes back in the day than we do now. The next talking point for me is Lewandowski. You know, is he old or is he being used incorrectly? I think this is a great question for where he's at now, right? We're all looking at it. He is an aging forward. So is all this just a natural decline? Or from day one, has he been being used ineffectively? I would argue that Xavi's setup does not lend itself to a forward, especially one like Lewandowski who stays in, who should be staying in the box, who should be a fox in the box, getting the turns, getting the shots, and he's not getting those opportunities. I would argue that if you have that many midfielders on and only one winger, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're not really getting that service to your striker. The ball's not coming in from wide. And our midfielders primarily pass the ball to each other, side to side. So we see that we're happen- having a drop back to try to get the ball, to try to make something happen. And as we said before, when he drops back, that means there's an open space up front that he's not getting to. So in the occasion that we do get a break, 
Nobody's really there to capitalize. The funny thing is we don't typically get breaks. When we do get breaks, we slow them down. This game was a prime example. The amount of times that we'd get the ball, start making a break, and then all of a sudden pull it back, pass it backwards. In the system like this, Balde's not effective because he can't he can get up there, but like there's nobody there. You know, there it's just we're not making ourselves different. We are so predictable and I think it's harming Lewandowski. I think it's harming his effectiveness. I feel bad for him because we can all look at this and say, oh, he's just getting old. But I wonder if in a better system that actually utilized attackers, he would be putting in those goals. We're not just we're not seeing the opportunities that he's missing. It's not like he's getting tap-ins and he's missing them. He gets rarely gets a chance at the ball during a game. And we're just not going to be able to judge if it's him or if it's a system until something changes. Maybe Victor Roque comes in. But again, arguably, a 9 on this team is not going to be effective if this team continues to play football the way we play football. Now you get to the subs. It's the other talking point. I think the subs came in and did very well. I think they added a different dimension to the game that we were absolutely missing. And they've done that in both games. Personally, I would have probably taken off Lewandowski earlier for Ferran Torres. But, and yes, I understand how crazy that is for me to say. If you know me very well, you know I've never been a fan of Ferran Torres. But these games have been missing something, missing that energy up front. And even if it's not Lewa's fault, there's just not a lot of energy up front. Fadan can come in, he can run around, he's young. We need that. But I think Abde coming in, Ansu coming in, really helped change the game. I mean, Ansu was dangerous yet again. He didn't score, but he made, he had some chances. He scored, it was rolled offsides. Um, but he was there, and he's a player that links up play. As I've said before, he links up our midfield with our attackers. Abde came in, took a shot, was dangerous, provided different elements to our attack that Cadiz then had to think about. And because they were thinking about those different things, they left themselves exposed in the center, where we had been trying to come the whole game. Football is a game of space creation. I feel like sometimes people don't really understand and notice that. Like, if you have a winger making a run, sometimes you make that run just to take out a defender. You know, as a forward, sometimes you run to the near post so that the back post is open. It's a thing that players do instinctively. And when you have a bunch of midfielders on the pitch and they're all lined up in a very specific spot, they're not really moving defenders they're not shifting play if you shift the ball to the left but all the defenders are already set you're just in a low box block especially you're just making it easy for them if there's no energy if no movement up front nobody's running i mean for the majority of this game jules kunde was the most attacking player he was the one making the runs because he was coming in from deeper Because there were so many midfielders clogging in, Lewandowski would have had to recycle himself, go all the way back, and then run up. That's very predictable. Like, Joel Koundé was 
our most attacking threat for the majority of that game. And that's absurd. That means your setup is bad. Like you, that's, that's not a thing that you can do and make sense. So that was such a big issue. And we really need these f- subs to come in earlier or start the game that way. There are just certain games that you should start with three wingers or two wingers. At the very least, to switch it up, to scare defenders. Maybe you go back to your to your two-winger system if that's not working, but people know what we're doing, and we are going to be this predictable team. Another talking point, Yamal. Absolutely great game. I mean, to be just straight up, I don't think he should be starting. I think he's too young, but he did very well with the start. He was very productive. He was very dangerous. I fear we might end up relying on him too much. I fear we might end up using him too much. And I fear that his body isn't there for this kind of thing. These teams aren't going to be easy on him because he's a kid. Like, he's going to get the tackles. He's going to get the crunching tackles. He needs to get stronger. They need to focus on his physical development. He clearly has the skill. He clearly has the mentality. The biggest issue is going to be is he developing in the right way physically so that we don't have an Ansu situation we don't have a Dembele situation we don't have a situation where this young kid starts getting injury issues Pedri as well right um so I mean I'm proud of his play proud of how different he made the game look and all these different things I think he was our most effective attacking player but Ugh, it's scary that we're relying on him so early at this point. I mean, I think it's slightly disrespectful to a couple of other players, namely Ansu, that that's who started and, and how that went, but it is what it is. I just hope and pray that this kid can stay healthy or that this team can keep this kid healthy because rushing a 16-year-old to play in games like these with these grown-ass men, like it might not be the best move down the line for his future. But again, can't take anything away from him. What a great start. Uh, uh, Honorable mentions Gundogan. I mean, I saw his stats. It didn't look like that during the game, but he had some ridiculous stats. Um, He played very well, according to the numbers. He also had the great assist over there. So, I mean, I didn't feel like I noticed that especially in the first half of the game with all the midfielders and everything, but he gets an honorable mention. <sighs> Lastly, we're going to talk about where we go from here. So it's the second game, and I understand you don't want to judge the rest of the season on what happens in the first two games or even the first three, four, five, whatever. However... It is alarming to see that the problems that we had last year are the same problems we have this year. It's alarming to see that Xavi is being as stubborn as he is and has been. What's crazy is I don't typically agree with pundits a lot. This game, it was just they were saying the same things and we were all saying the same things in the WhatsApp group. We're all talking about it. Everybody can see what Xavi needs to do. My fear is that Xavi is so stubborn that he hears all this and goes, I'm going to do the exact opposite and continues to do that. I think last year he had a lot of 
create sound bites of, oh, we suffered. Oh, the refs did this. Oh, this, that, and the other. Same thing in Setafe. Not to say the refs weren't poor, but having an excuse always at the end of a game really is kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Like, we're not really focused on Xavi's management as much when the talking point is how bad the refs were. Or he gets to say, oh, we suffered, and we won by one goal. The thing I hated about that whole suffer line was always that we suffered because of how he set the team up. We suffered because of how late his subs were. We suffered because we were so predictable. We can't be suffering against teams like Cadiz. I'm not saying that the days of old are here and should come back in the sense of, oh, these teams, we were just going to run over them. But we have the players. It is not a matter of going out and getting bigger names, bigger stars. You can put as many big names on this team. If Xavi continues to set us up with a thousand midfielders that pass the ball back and forth, side to side, over and over, and that's what they're told to do, it doesn't matter who you have up top, who you have to the wings, it doesn't matter. And it's clear that the instructions here are the exact same because you can't tell me that you get all these players on the pitch and all of a sudden they just independently of each other start passing the ball side to side, left to right only. If that's the case, Xavi as a manager should have seen this a year ago, should be showing them film, should be going, hey, this is unacceptable. We can't stop our fast breaks just to pass it back. This is not acceptable. I mean... It's almost like Xavi, being one of the best midfielders of all time, only believes in midfielders. And I I just don't get it because Xavi and Iniesta were really good at getting the ball up and getting the ball to the attackers and playing attacking football. So I don't know what's going on. I, I think if this keeps persisting, Xavi may not be the guy for this team moving forward. Because when you really think about it, the big teams no longer fear us. And and that's not to say that that hasn't been a thing. I mean, I think the big teams stopped fearing us towards the end of Messi's time here. You know, Valverde's time when they realized how dependent on Messi we were. But I think it's starting to get to a place where even the little teams aren't fearing us. I think your teams like Cadiz, Getafe, like your smaller teams are going to think, oh, Barca... They're going to flood the midfield. If we flood the midfield, we can get a point. We can get a fast break. We can get a goal. We can we can get the three points. It's one thing when it comes to La Liga. It's another thing entirely when it comes to the Champions League, especially because we need to go deep in the Champions League. I have a fear that we run into a situation where in the group stage, we could get knocked out because not all the teams are easy. And we may not be in the group of death. That's the hope, you know, that we don't end up in the group of death. But there are many groups now, when I look in the past and I'm like, oof, that would be a tough group to be in for where we are right now. I mean, you look like you put a Frankfurt, uh, Milan, um, and say one other smaller team, say a Celtic or something from Portugal. Those teams are not Cadiz. Those teams are going to be hard and they're going to watch our tapes and they're going to say, oh, Barca is predictable. This is what they do. There's a likelihood that if we keep playing like this, we don't get out of the group and it doesn't even have to be a very hard group. 
I think if we ended up in a hard group and we didn't get out of it, that would be a big excuse for Xavi. Oh, it was a very hard group. But I think we might run into a situation where we get an easier group and we don't finish second, given how we're playing and how predictable we are. So, you know, I don't know. It it does sound like a lot of doom and gloom. I've always been about sustainability. I don't see how we sustain this type of play moving forward. I am excited for Jao Cancelo to come in to have a proper right back, but that's not going to change much. It's going to change that we don't have to play with our uh, defenders as winger or right backs anymore. That'll be great. But I don't think it's going to change anything so significantly that we're going to be a completely different team. Victor Roque coming in, similar. What needs to happen is Xavi needs to start changing his mentality. He needs to start, I guess, experimenting at this point because we can't keep playing these smaller games like they're all Real Madrid in a Supercopa final. That's just not a style of play that is going to be sustainable for this team. But, you know, it is what it is. It's great to see the boys back. Looking forward to just seeing how these things play out. I'm super excited for the end of the window so that the team can be set and we don't have to worry about it. I hope that Ansu stays, obviously. But, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for me. It's great just getting some of these feelings out. Looking forward to hearing what y'all have to say on the WhatsApp. Have a great week, Kulays. As always, Forza Barca, thank you for listening. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.